we had um, a fabulous time last night, um, just in the Lord and um, enjoying his presence. So this morning, it's going to be somewhat of a continuation of what Pastor Steve uh, touched upon um, last night that really ministered to me. And I believe that God is really going to speak to us uh, th not only this morning, but um, this whole entire year that in the midst of everything that uh, his people would shine above the rest and they would come on top. Amen. So uh, without much further ado, let's look at our theme for this year. The theme of this year is the pursuit of Christ, the pursuit of Christ. And it's taken from First Chronicles 16, 11. First Chronicles 16, 11. Uh, so let's pray this morning before we get into the word. Lord, we just thank you and we give you praise, Lord God, for this time in your presence, for this time in your word. Lord God, speak to our hearts, Lord God, cause change, Lord God, minister to the soul, bring us refreshment, Lord God, bring us renewal, oh Lord, touch our, our bodies, Lord God, and our beings in Jesus' name. Use my voice, Lord God, use the words, use my use everything, Lord God, to just give your word this morning in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So let's look at the scripture. It's First Chronicles 16, verse 11. You have to excuse me because I don't have my reading glasses, but I'm going to read it. And it says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Amen. And the big word here that we're going to look at is, pursuit. And that's what we're going to start off with here, just to lay some uh, groundwork. And when we think of the word pursuit, what is it that we think of? In my mind, the word pursuit, um, I think of a car chase. Um, you know, police officers are chasing uh, the criminals. And, you know, if you guys watch any of those uh, shows, you know what I'm talking about. And they're just, they're what they call hot pursuit. You know, this is kind of like the word pursuit. The other thing that I think of when we uh, think about pursuit is when a man falls in love with a woman and uh, he pursues her, right? Now, like I said earlier, Pastor Steve spoke a little bit on this last night at our New Year's Eve service. And he touched some points that I'm going to re-highlight and then I'm going to go a little bit further um, on these things because um, the Lord was just speaking to me and they were ministering to me. So I, I, I wanted to share it with you this morning. So like we're saying, the word pursuit is a, an active word. It is not a passive word. It is something that uh, we are in the constant of doing. Okay. And I believe that in life, we can pursue many different things, right? Uh, we could pursue a job, you could pursue a career, you could pursue marriage, you could, you know, I mean, there's so many things that we can pursue. But this year has been declared the pursuit of Christ. 
And so the image that um, I have here when it comes to the Lord and pursuing him um, is, you know, uh, falling in love with him, uh, going after him. What does he want? What does he desire? Who is he? What is he about? Right. Just it's, it's the same kind of like the pursuit of the other things that we can that we have in life. How do we pursue God? Right. And the difference here that I wanted to bring out that there's a difference when we pursue things in the world. They bring us temporary satisfaction. When we pursue things in Christ, they give us everlasting satisfaction. And that's that's going to be very, very important um, as, as we go on today. The other thing about pursuing is that it's in the world, it's temporary. It can leave us empty after we pursue it. Sometimes we think that it would uh, fill us somehow, somehow we'll feel happier or more joyous, but sometimes it could leave us emptier because we sacrifice certain things that we shouldn't have sacrificed to get them. Amen. We made certain compromises that we shouldn't have made. But when it comes to the Lord, it's different. He brings fulfillment. He brings wholeness. He brings healing, right? And so um, that that is one thing. When the other thing is when we pursue the Lord, it's never ending. And that's something that I wanted to address this morning is um, it's never ending. It's infinite. And why is it never ending? Because he's so vast, because he's infinite, because he's the alpha and the omega. Amen. So when we pursue God, it's like a constant richness, right? You go deeper and deeper into the things of the Lord. You know, just when you thought you were there, you're not there. And, and then sometimes that could be a danger in Christianity when we think that we have it. And But the thing is that there's always more to learn, more to uh, attain, more to mature in, in Christ. So, um, so here's the two points that we're going to go from for today, right? So there's basically going to be two points. I'm not going to go for too long this morning, but there's two big points and each point is going to have sub points. Okay. So the two big points is number one, the first big point is going to be, um, I'm going to highlight three things to watch out for so that we remain constant in our pursuit, right? And the second thing is I'm going to highlight three important aspects of seeking the Lord. Amen. So let's look at um, the three things to watch out for so that we remain constant. So the first one is going to be disillusionment. Disillusionment. Now, what is disillusionment, right? Disillusionment is, uh, I'm, my tongue, sorry. 
because I think it's because we were we were having so much fun last night. Disillusionment is basically you had an idea of what something was. And then when you got to it, it wasn't what it was. It failed your expectation. And uh, why is that important? Because sometimes we can have wrong expectations. We can have wrong expectations. We can think that um, God should have done something or God could have done something or where was God in this situation in X, Y, and, and the list can go on and on. And um, the thing is that what we have to understand is that it's about the kingdom of God. So let's look at Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew 6, 33. And it says... But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I want us to look at the preceding verse for a second. That's verse uh, 31 and 32. It actually starts off with saying, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. And I want to pause there for a second. The scripture is basically saying that we shouldn't worry about what we wear, what we eat, or, uh, you know, what we're going to drink, or worry about external things right? Material things. And we might be thinking to ourselves, oh, but those are important. We need to eat. We need to drink. We need to be able to clothe ourselves. Yes. And that's true. But see the next part of that says for after all these things, the Gentiles seek. Now the word seek is another word for pursue. And in this scripture, who are the Gentiles? What is that in reference to? The Gentiles here is referencing to those people who do not believe in God. That is what the scripture is saying. So for people who don't believe in God, they seek after those things. It's their world. That's what they're trying to say. They make it their world. They make it their aim. Their pursuit of life is simply these three things. Now, if we want to have any type of a fulfilled life and uh, all these things, our pursuit must be different. And this is what I'm talking about, disillusionment. When we steer away from our eyes and start seeking things that the world seeks. When we move away from the Lord and we're, we're going to don't let, let just keep following me here. 
The next part says, for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. You see, God understands that we have a certain necessity for them, right? But there's a difference between meeting a need and allowing that need to captivate our life, right? And we make it all-encompassing. We make it like this is this is going to be the end of our life. You know, we need this. We need X, Y, and Z. And um, so then the, the continuing verse, verse 33, which is the verse that I highlighted was, but it says, seek first the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? What is God's will? What does God want? And so we have a changing of our desire. So when we're seeking the Lord, uh, I want us to have that perspective of, I, I want to change how I see things in life. I want to start seeking God first. And the verse continues, and his righteousness. I could speak so much about the righteousness of God and how important it is. And I can get back to that in a second. And all these things shall be added to you. Why? Why will they be added when we make that thing first? When we make God's plan first? When we make God's will first? When we seek after that? Because he knows that we need them. He will just, he will, he will give them to us because he knows we need that. God is not an evil God. God is a good God. God is aware of our everyday need. He's aware of your mental need. He is aware of your emotional need. He is aware of our physical need. So disillusionment, where is our focus at? Let's, let's make sure that our desires fit what his desires are. And when we do that, we're actually going to see that there's things that maybe we wanted or we thought we needed that we don't need. And they're not actually making us happy. They're making us miserable. Because God knows best. You know, that, that, that saying, oh, your mom knows best. I know what's better for you. Why don't you listen to me? You know, that old saying, well, God knows best. Amen. God knows what, you, what we need. And then he'll meet that if you just change the way that uh, we see. And I think that that's going to be a big thing this year is our desires and allowing God to shape those desires. Amen. Okay. The second one, second thing to watch out for so that we remain constant. God, and it's similar to the, to the first one. Okay. God is not a means to an end. He's not a means to an end. Sometimes we can, you know, decide to come to God because we need something. And that's okay. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but that shouldn't be the final. 
Because what happens is that sometimes God will, in his, in his sovereignty, remove certain things from our life because he has a plan. You know, when God shuts one door, he opens another. Amen. And we have to see this year that way. We have to understand that. Um, the way the, the scripture says, lean not on your own understanding. You know, there is an understanding that we know, but we should not lean on that understanding. Seek for God's understanding. Seek for God's will in the situation. Look to see what, what do you want, Lord, right now, right? Because he's not a means to an end. And the truth is that God wants to bless us. And the truth is that we will, we are blessed. But the number one thing that he wants from us is relationship. God is a God of love. He is, his whole MO is that we're in relationship with him. He's a jealous God. And the thing that he wants is us. So let's give him that attention. Let's allow him to shape us. Let's allow him to mold us. Let's see him not as a means to an end, but let us see him as our God. Amen. Let us see him as someone we have a relationship, someone we can take with us all the time, everywhere that we go. Amen. Okay. Now, the third thing that we have here. Is man. And it's going to sound kind of weird when I say it, but I want us to watch out for this one. This is the third one. Man is not God. Man is not God. God came in the form of man onto this earth so that he, he can Un, no, not that he can understand, so that he can um, be among us. Okay, so he had a work, he had a ministry when he came, and there's a lot of groundwork that was done, but man is not God. And there is an evil spirit that is out there that is wanting to tempt us into making uh, not necessarily a man, it could be a female, male, doesn't matter. I'm using man as in humankind. Um, making humankind or objects or things into gods. And the thing that we have to understand about people and about um, things in this world is that they are perishable. They die. They don't last they're flawed, they're imperfect. And a God is a God that is incorruptible. Uh, let's turn to Romans chapter one, verse 23. Romans chapter one, verse 23. It says, 
and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Let's not do that. When, when we do that, we make, he, he becomes something that is limited and God is not limited. The real God doesn't have limitations. Amen. I just wanted to, um, and it speaks about it here in, in this uh, scripture. It, it's, it's the full warning. Um, let's see here. Here it is. So let let's let's start a little bit earlier in the verse. Okay, Romans one, we could start at uh, we could start at verse twenty. Uh, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanliness. You see, there's a danger of taking things that are not God, even though we know God. See, that's the thing here in this scripture. These people knew God. They knew who he was. But it says they did not glorify him as God. They were not thankful. And their thoughts, in their thoughts, they became useless. See, that's the danger. And I want us to be watchful of that because our our whole aim uh, is to seek God, to seek Christ, to go after him and to remain constant. Um, so we want to be aware of that. Uh, I'm also going to read uh, this this scripture. This is in Revelation, and I'm not reading this scripture to, to be scary or to sound scary or to I'm just bringing reality. Okay. This is what it is. I'm I'm pretty sure some of us could speak to it, have seen it already happening, um, where all of a sudden, you know, these human beings are professing themselves to be gods and goddesses, you know, um, and saying that they have they could do X, Y, and Z and perform miracles, you know, without God. You see the danger. It, Real things can't be done without God. And that's something that we have to fully understand. Amen. And if you want to meditate on this and go over it again, you can. It's Romans chapter one. You'll find it in Romans chapter one. Okay, so let's read Revelation. It's uh, 14, chapter 14, verse nine. And this is why it's so dangerous. You see, so Revelation realized is uh, what is to come. That's the future, right? It's a prophecy of the future and it talks about the end times. So Revelations 14, chapter nine, it says, and the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if any man worship 
the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. And it goes on to say what will happen. So I highlighted this verse because it talks about worshiping something other than God. So that's the spirit of the Antichrist. And so uh, we have to be aware of it, be aware of it and know who your God is. Know who your God is. Amen. Understand that Christianity is not about who runs the fastest. It's about staying in the race. Amen. It's about staying in the race. It's about remaining in God to the end, to the to the very, very end. And so um, these things that I've highlighted this morning can actually suck your energy out. They can make you weary. They can make you tired. They can make you exhausted and steer us away from seeking God, from, from enjoying his presence, from all the other things that he wants to bless us with. That is in Matthew uh, chapter six, verse 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all, and then all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Okay. So let's go to the second, our second part, right? Our second point this morning. And I said there was three important aspects when it comes to seeking the Lord. So three important aspects of seeking the Lord. So we did some of these last night and I'm going to re-highlight them. Okay, so let's look at First Chronicles again. Let's look at First Chronicles again. First Chronicles um, 16, verse 11, because the three things are, are right there. It says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. So the first one there is seek the Lord. Seek the Lord, right? It sounds kind of, Okay, Jess, uh, Pastor Jessica, we've been talking about this. Um, what is what is it that we're looking at here? And it's the person of God, Christ, right? Seeking Christ, seek his person. Who is God? Who is Christ? Can we answer that? If if somebody were to come to us and ask us, who is Christ? Do we have that knowledge and revelation both right it's two things we can't we can have knowledge but we also need the revelation of who christ is and if you don't have if you if we only have the head knowledge this morning that's okay then ask god to give you the revelation of who christ is because it's important it's going to be extremely, extremely important. Know who it is that you believe in without a shadow of a doubt. Who is Christ? What's the revelation of Christ? Because when we have the revelation of Christ, then we can enjoy the other benefits that he has. We can enjoy living in his presence. We can enjoy um, all his blessings, all the spiritual blessings that are available to us. So we have to know who his person is, understand his character, 
when we understand the character of Christ, then we we can um, we know who He is, right? We know His when He when He shows up, we know that it's Him. Nobody can uh, steer us a different way. Amen. Okay, the second part of that is. Uh, oh, and then before we go to the next one, um, um, we we make sure that uh, we make him we make him king. Okay, knowing his person, knowing who he is, uh, lifts him up as his king over our lives. Okay, the second one uh, there is what's the second? It says and his strength and his strength. So I'm going to read a Psalm, the Psalm 91, verses one through two. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my, my fortress, my God in him I will trust. When we are weak, then he is strong, right? In the moments of our weakness is when we realize how strong God can be. And uh, last night we went through this, and I'm going to reiterate some things here. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, you know, his, his strength, what is his strength? His strength, we find his strength when we're abiding in him. John 15, 15, 5, right? When we are abiding with him, when we are with him, how do we abide in him? How do we remain in his presence? Do we invite him in our everyday? Is he with, do you take him with you? Do we take him with us? everywhere we go, even to the grocery store, running your errands, whatever it is, are we to work? Are we taking him with us, right? Because when we have that secret place, when we're in that secret place with God, when we're abiding with him, then we understand that's where our strength comes from. It says, I will say, Lord, he is my refuge and my for what is a refuge it's a refuge is a place where you go to hide from a storm a refuge is a place you go to when you're hiding when there's trouble and you need a place to rest that's refuge it's a place of rest when we need strength when we need somebody to fight on our behalf when we need protection when we need safety he is our fortress Amen. So his strength. Um, so uh, when so if, if you want to understand more what it is to abide in him, I would say look at John, John 15, 5, and then meditate on this particular scripture. And then just ask, just pray about it. That's how I say, just pray about it. Ask God to show you, you know, you're not necessarily, how do you know you're not abiding him when you're in constant worry, when you're in constant, like, 
worry, you're in constant rushing, you're constantly rushing, you're constantly worried, you're constantly running from where you feel like you're not, you're just running from one thing to the next is because we're not abiding in Christ. We're not resting in him. You know, there's a difference between um, that, you know, we, we can all be Christians and, and, but we're not abiding in him. When we're abiding in him, we can be busy, but we don't feel the rush. Okay, there's a difference. Are we making time for God throughout the day? Do we have pauses in between the day to just ask God, you know, to be with God? Do we, or are we just constantly just, you know, hammering away through the day? Um, it's not something that God wants for us, okay? We need to abide in Christ. That There's a big difference between, we can be busy, that's all right, but rushing constantly and feeling aggravated and feeling agitated all the time, that's a symptom that we're not abiding in Christ. We're not looking at things properly. And we need to shift our perspective. We need to just take a moment and we need to, schedule that time in, in the day. Sometimes it could just be five minutes. Everybody can take five minutes, 10 minutes out. Don't, don't be so, so rushed. Pace yourself. Um, even Christ paced himself. Even this morning in, in our, our um, Bible study, he, there was a cutoff. He said that they had, a, he had come to a certain time. So he decided to rest, right? Isn't it? Isn't that the scripture you read this morning? God, even Jesus, when he was on this earth, he had a schedule. And when there was a certain time when he was just like, enough, I think that's enough for today. And sometimes we have to know how to do that so that we have time to just abide in Christ. Amen. And I want us to encourage to do that this year. Okay. And the last one there is, it says, uh, and seek his face. Seek his face. What is to seek his face? His presence. His presence. Worship, prayer, uh, praise. Uh, just do, you know, put some worship music on and just worship him. Take some few minutes, even if it's before you go to bed, put your earpods on and just put a gospel song on and just take him in, take in his presence seek his presence, want to be with him. You know, um, there was a saying when I, when I first became a Christian in church and it says, uh, look for his presence, not his presence. Right. It's the whole thing about, again, about, uh, having God a means to an end. We have to stop looking for gifts from God and just want to just be with him. Right. Because at the end of the day, that's what he wants. And I'm going to close with that. That's going to be my last point. And I want uh, I want to say this to, to all of us. This year, you know, no matter where you may find yourself, no matter, it doesn't matter what the past 10, 20 years held for you or what, what's held you back from seeking God or, or pursuing him, whatever obstacles you may have, I want us to pray about those this morning. And I want to say to you that you can have a new beginning. Whatever has kept kept 
us from doing what God wants us to do, being in that place where God wants us to be. And, and we feel like we're just not there. I'm going to tell you this morning that it's okay and that you can get up again. You can get up again. And that's 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 been on my heart the, this whole morning to say to you that you can get up again. You can begin new again, that God is, is doing something new. Amen. And uh, he can, we can overcome whatever it is that uh, is your situation this morning. And you can, you are more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Amen. And uh, let's seek Christ this year. Let's pursue Christ. Let's do, uh, let's do what Christ has called us to. Hallelujah. Let's pray this morning. Let's pray this morning. Uh, and I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Hafer just to play a, a song softly in the background as we pray this morning. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, as we pursue you this year, O oh Lord, as we abide in your shadow, O oh Lord God, as we seek your face, O oh Lord God, as we seek who you are, O oh Lord, may we come to know more about who you are. May we seek your presence more. May we have a hunger for you, Lord God. May we find rest in you, Lord Jesus. For the scripture says that if we seek your kingdom and your righteousness, that all these things will be added unto us. This morning, Lord God, declare with me this morning that you believe. Declare to God this morning that you believe in his word. You believe in his scripture this morning, that you believe what he says about you and you're refusing to believe anything else no matter the discouragements that you might have had the past in the past it doesn't matter this morning is saying god, god is telling you you can get up again you can start all over again that god has something that god has something fresh that god wants to do something new in our lives this Lord god we just thank you and we pray to lord god us Lord God, thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for what you are doing, Lord God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, O Lord, our God. 